Now what I focus on is my mission. My core mission is all people are unstoppable to live in the life of the dreams. Mm. Now, in order for that to be true, you need to remove everything that would stop that from happening for myself and for other people. So what I do is I make sure the people I hang out with align with my core values. If they don't, if they agitate me whatsoever for no purpose that that's worth the agitation, I don't hang out. I just don't hang out with people. I don't invest my time with anybody that's going to cause me any drama that I don't need. And so I, I'm very particular about that. I choose the people I hang out with and I want to hang out with people that elevate me mm. and that I can elevate them. And so that's very important because you're, you're hanging around the people that pull you up. You see, there's a thing about vampires. Like the, the, the old thing about vampires was really not about them sucking your blood. It's really about them stealing your spirit, your, your, your good energy. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. Thanks for joining us on this YouTube channel. If you guys aren't subscribed yet, please subscribe. And if you get value, let's hear it in the comments. I appreciate you guys. And of course, we're available on all audio if you want to go listen to this as well. Today's guest's name is Mike C-Rock Sirocco. You guys are going to love this guy. He's the CEO of People Building Inc. and the co-founder of Blueprinted. He is a performance coach, author, dynamic public speaker, visionary, and thought leader. He has been featured by Yahoo Finance as one of the top business leaders to follow in 2020 and is on a mission to build people. He is driven to inspire others and he measures his success on how he is able to help others achieve success. This is a great conversation. We talk about his story. We talk about using setbacks to create rocket fuel, talk about adversity, get into all things to help you change your perspective on whatever adversity you're going through, whatever setback you're going through, and that you can create limitless success. We go a little bit deep into his story. There's a lot of similarities that we have, and I think it's really powerful. So make sure you listen to this right to the end, you guys. And of course, we appreciate you. And most importantly, enjoy the show. C-Rock coming right up. And here we go. We're back. Mike C-Rock, Sirocco, welcome to University of Adversity, brother. Good to have you on finally. Thanks, Lance. Amen. First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, uh, Gratitude is an important part of my life. So thank you. Thank you to the audience for listening. And, and the name of your show, dude, I love it. I mean, uh, uh, it couldn't have been better. Yeah, man. Likewise. And gratitude's a huge part of my life as well. And thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, you know, University of Adversity and, you know, what are you made of? And you're, you're using setbacks for rocket fuel. All of this stuff is pretty aligned. And that's why I was really excited when I started to like dive into your brand and your podcast and, you know, haven't had a chance to read your book yet, but I'm looking forward to really like hearing your perspective on this because it really is perspective on how we get through these things. So I've, I would love to just kick it off because I, I always like to ask people this. And when you hear the word adversity, what comes up for you? Uh, to me, it sounds like a good time, man. I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> I understand, you know, I've trained myself and conditioned myself to understand that that's a normal thing. It's not something that should shock you. 
and it is something that's needed to grow and be successful and to take things to really high levels. So, you know, to me, that seems like opportunity to me, man. So what would you say? Let's go back. What is the biggest struggle that you have overcome that has had the most impact on your life today? Well, you know, like I, I look at things over my lifetime and anytime you're in the midst of an adversity, you feel like it's like the worst thing in the world, right? Yeah. And you really don't, a lot of times when you're in the midst of it, don't compare it to other things that are going on. You're just like, what do I got to do now to fix this? Like what's going on with, you know, and it feels terrible at that moment. So I think a lot of things in my life have uh, added to who I am now, the ingredients of what I'm made of. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily pick any particular one that would be more powerful except for the one, hmm. which is, you know, I came from a broken home. I don't remember my parents ever together. Um, and from till I was eight, I lived with my mom and I did the every other weekend thing with my dad. And, uh, you know, there was a uh, fighting child sport battles, conflict for custody, step parents coming into the mix. You add that in there and other agendas, all convolute things. And as a kid, you don't really understand. You, first of all, it's not, it, it's normal to you. It's not like out of the ordinary because you don't know any different. Right. Um, and you get a lot of stuff thrown your way because the parents a lot of times don't act like adults hmm. and it pours down onto the children. So I, w I dealt with a lot of that and I'm not saying this to, you know, complain or anything like that, just to share with you the turning point. But, you know, when I was eight, I decided my mom was moving in with her third husband and I decided that I needed to get out of that situation. Cause I didn't want to learn another man's rules and move into another man's house. And it just, you know, honestly, as a kid, I was thinking to myself, like, why are we doing this again? Like what, this is not, I felt like it wasn't stable. So I went to my dad's house. My dad was on to a second marriage and uh, you know, my mom's heart was broken when I left. She told me later on, she used to cry herself to sleep, but you know, I felt like at that age, you know, I was a pretty mature kid. I needed to make a move. So I did. And when I did that, you know uh, for three years, I lived in an abusive situation. My stepmom had issues with my mom she would fight that my dad and her would fight all the time. I, she was always jealous that I got treated better than her daughter who she brought into the marriage by my dad's family. I mean, there was a lot of stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm just a kid do, doing my thing, man. I'm doing me living my life. And, I, you know, and, and by the way, I just thought of this. I didn't, I didn't put this in the book, but I'm trying to be the best person I can be all times, right. All the way back to being a kid. And I think that was because my mom at four years old, she said that, you know, look, you're inspiring. You're going to lead people, you know? And she, she programmed me with this, this thing where I was like, I, I need to help people. I need to be the best I can be to be able to be prepared to, to help other people. And I was doing that. Just imagine this. I was doing that. And because I was doing that, I would get great results from it. And my stepmother didn't like it because her daughter wasn't getting that same attention. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, I got confused as a kid too. Sometimes I'm like, am I not supposed to be nice and friendly to people and smiling all the time? And, and this happens in life to people. So this is something that, you know, the listeners and, and for yourself, like you might've experienced, like you do what you think you're supposed to do. You're on this journey, you're on this mission. And then people start hating on you or people start discouraging you and saying remarks to you. And then, and then you're like, well, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And they're deep dark spirit, which I'll call just the dark spirit, their negative energy is stronger than your powerful positive energy. And it pulls you. 
And what happened to me at a young age, and I learned this over my life too, I've seen it over and over again, where I just, I would cocoon, I would, I would introvert instead of continuing to do what I knew worked. And I really, what I believe worked because of other people pulling you down. And I really think that all stems from negative energy, negative um, emotions, always, always, always will win if you stay around it. And uh, it's important to realize that. Because what you do when you believe in something and you're on a mission and you're doing things and it's working and some somebody comes in that sees it's threatened by it or doesn't have that same energy, for them to be able to stop you is the wrong thing. So you just got to be really conscious and aware of that. So anyway, I was understanding that this was not a normal situation after a while, being in an abusive situation. You know, I used to sleep with my baseball bat at night because I was worried about what would happen based on what I was hearing with the fights and all that. Mm. And so eventually I told my mom, I'm like, I got to get out of here. You got to help me. And she said she would file court papers, but she told me that you cannot leave me hanging out to dry. You got to stick to your guns with this. If I do this, they're going to try to talk you out of it. You got to stick to your guns. You can't flip flop. And I just remembered that message too, because that was one that stuck with me for my whole life, because that means you got to be just stubborn when you got believe in something you got to be. And this goes back to the thing where people try to discount you or discredit you to make themselves feel better if they feel threatened. And then you, you, you close in. No, you got to stick to your guns and you got to just keep pushing forward. You got to be perversely unyielding or you got to be the word I love, my new word, inexorable. Inexorable means unyielding, unable to be stopped. And so that encouragement that I want to just lay out to everyone is when you believe in something, make sure that you understand what that is and get really clear on it and commit to it with all like burn the ship's mentality. Be inexorable with it. Because if you are, you will achieve what you want to achieve. But if you're not, to the degree that you're not unyielding and unstoppable or inexorable, to the degree that you're not, you'll be giving up your dreams. You'll be giving up opportunities to be able to help impact other people. And so I think that's a very important message. So anyway, my dad finally got these court papers delivered after weeks and weeks would go by. And I came home from school one day and the tension in the room was just like thick. I knew something was up. You know, it wasn't normal. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. And so... He had these court papers in his hand. He said, hey, go to your room. Now, Lance, my dad was my hero. Like he had his own masonry business. It was very successful. He had big forearms and rough hands. And you could tell he was a hard worker. And uh, he used to, if you know anything about construction workers and Italian guys, they don't carry a wallet. They carry a wad of money, right? With a hud, like a rubber band around it. And I always thought that was so cool. I always used to look up to him for that. And, 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 and you know, that was a, that's a sign that I always wanted to have money. Like I just knew that that was the right thing to do. Like go after money, do good things with it. So he confirmed what the paperwork said that I wanted to move back with my mom. And at that moment, I was not going to discuss it with him. He reminded me that my mom was uh, poor, broke. She had men coming in and out of the house trying to discourage me. And I said, nope, I'm sticking to my guns. I made my mind up. He said, okay. So he takes that wad of money out of his pocket peeled a hundred dollar bill off, crumpled it up. And he threw it at me and said, here, then you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And at that moment, the first thing that went through my head was, wait a minute, what have I done? What have I done? You know, I did, maybe I shouldn't have done this. And when you're going through an abusive situation, sometimes you just, uh, sometimes you think it's your fault. It's a weird thing, man. It's like a psychological mind screw or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you also have feelings of, uh, Maybe I should just not tell anybody and just ride it out. Or the weird thing is sometimes you have a concern for the abuser. You're worried about what will happen to them if you share that information. So there's a lot of conflict that goes on in an abused person's head. 
Mm. And that's just me speaking from experience and hopefully people can relate to that. So I, that, that, that's the thought that went through my head. What did I do? Oh my gosh. But then the other thing that started kicking in was my stubbornness. And I started to think, you know what? I ain't going to need that money. You ain't dictating my future. I create my future. I'll show you. Mm. Now, I don't know if I said that. I don't recall if I said that the specific words, but I was thinking that. And for 30 some years, I've driven off of that spark that was lit that day. That challenge my dad laid out to me that I'm never going to need that money. I'm always going to be elevating. I'm always going to go after. I'm going to be the best at everything I do, whether it's sports, work, relationships, whatever it is, I'm going to be the best I can be at everything because I owe it to myself and to the people around me that can be impacted by it. Mm. And so, you know, subconsciously, I just went through this life where I was doing that. And then about three years ago, I realized something's different about me. Like there's something going on where no matter what comes my way, adversity, setbacks, discouragement, something's up where I'm taking this stuff and I'm not stopping. I'm, I'm continuously elevating. My graphs are going up. And I realized that I was taking all that stuff. I was storing it in my tank instead of my trunk where most people store it and where it mostly keeps you down and held down. I was storing it in my tank where I could convert it into rocket fuel for my future and become unstoppable. And so that was so powerful of, a, of an acknowledgement and, a, and a, an awareness that I came about that I had to write a book about it. And that book for, for really, for me was to lay out what I figured out and the mentorship that I went through during that period. And it was for me, man, it was really for me, but then the byproduct is to be able to share, because I know that if it helped me, it's going to help other people. Powerful dude. There's, there's a lot there that, um, I can resonate with. Um, I kind of want to go back and just go deeper on a couple things. Um, you know, when it comes to the, like, um, you know, our parents splitting up and, and different marriages and different families, you know, it's one of the hardest things as a kid and emotionally it's, you just feel so confused and lost. And, you know, I went through the same thing, man. And, you know, I'm writing a book too now and I go deep into it and it's, it's like, it just, that hearing that just brought back a lot of like, feelings for me. Cause I can really resonate and dude, like that stuff that we go through at that age. I'm still like, I've been working through that stuff for the last few years of like trying to figure out, you know, because I want to get into deeper into like what came after that. But, you know, for me, so much came from those years that it led into like toxic behavior, like, you know, drinking drugs, you know, just out of control. Now that I realize came from those years of like, you know, a crazy stepmother. My dad married someone with four kids. She was just bonkers, man. She ruined our family's life for like 20 years. And there was so much emotional stress in that, that like it's still, it services. So when I hear that about when, I, when you're telling me about that, I can like, it just like, I can really resonate. So what I would like to talk about is like, kind of go deeper as far as when that, when you got through that stuff, what did you like into your teen years and into your young adulthood, what surfaced from that? Did you ever, did, did things like, how did you process that stuff? The, you know, cause you know, the abuse or whatever you were going through, how did you, how did you work through that? And, and yes. how do you reflect on it today? If somebody was to ask you, what do I do in this situation? 
Um, you know, I had a great stepfather, the third husband I was talking about that I didn't want to move into his house. He was a great dude, man. And he, uh, he had a real deep voice, man, George, his name was George. And when he got mad about something or so passionate about something, he would let you know, you could tell, and he never hit us or anything like that, but he was hard on us. He would yeah. let us know when we're right, we're wrong, how to treat a lady, how to be respectful, how to show up, how to be dependable and accounted on. And I needed that at that age. So I never drank alcohol until I got to college. Like I was, I never partied. I worked hard. I played football, baseball, I played sports, did my schoolwork, worked, you know, and I did everything by the book and I had a purpose and intention of, Hey, I know that I need it. It's, it's so funny. You're asking this question, but cause I knew I needed to do the things that were going to lead me in the direction where I needed to go instead of the things that would pull me back and make my dad. Right. Mm-hmm. And I knew that at that age. So I did great straight A, no, no problems in school, all that stuff. It was easy to me for whatever reason, but I got to college. And then I feel like at that moment, I went through some things. My grandmother committed suicide. Um, I started hanging around the wrong people that were on the right track and focused. And I, myself personally taking responsibility, lost my focus and my, my intention on my purpose. And I saw a world of fun and sin is you know, look, it's great yeah. for a short period of time, right? Yeah. I, I saw women, drugs, and, and alcohol. Well, alcohol led to, to the drugs. Yeah. And I partied my, my face off. And I was playing college football, and I didn't perform well like I should have. I didn't, you know, I let the team down, I'm sure. And I, I, like, there's a, like a phase in my life where I'm not proud of, you know, who I, who I was and who I became. And then I met my wife uh, when I was about 24, 25 years old, and that that – got my commitment back, man. That, that got my focus back. And, you know, I would fight. I would, man, it was like, it was a bad, it was a bad time, man. And I don't, again, I don't, I don't, I don't like myself back then, but I'm not like stuck in that time though. I know that that's a time where I had to go through to figure some things out. And I did, and I take ownership of it, but now I'm moving forward and and looking at the things in my life. Once I got back focused, then things work, of course, because Mm. look, I'm not like a rocket scientist. I talk about rocket fuel, but it's not yeah. rocket science. You're either going yeah. towards your ideal life or you're away from it. You're either creating yeah. stuff or you're destroying things. There's no in between. Mm. There's nothing that stays just flat. If it's just flat, it will destroy at some point. So I know that I became aware of that. And everything that I do now is going towards my ideal life, creating the, the, the future that I want and helping others create the future that they want. Mm. Yeah. I, I, um, it's funny cause I was a hockey player. So there's like so much similarities in our stories, man. Um, and, you know, it's, I find it so important to be able to look at those times though, as just as important because they shaped us who we are. Right. And we had to learn so much from those, those shitty times and getting falling off track because, you know, so many people, once they fall off, they'll never be able to get back. So what I love to figure out, you know, what was the things that got you back on, you know, you met your wife. But let's say, okay, moving forward, when what are things that you do that you practice that keep you on track? That if you are yeah. veering off, that you're like, no, this is this is what I do. This is my foundation daily. This is how I continue on. Like, how do you do that? Well, now or what I did back then? Like, I, I guess 
basically yeah, I mean, that- yeah like kind of how is it yeah that's a great question too like both like how did you veer like how did you get back on and how what system have you developed now for yourself i got a mentor back then like a business mentor and i listened to him and it took a while to get like remove all the negative trash from my life but yeah uh i eventually did that and uh then i was really conscious of who i'd hang out with and it wasn't a smooth road i mean it wasn't just like all right, it's fixed. It was, you know, yeah. you fix it. But now what I focus on is my mission. My core mission is all people are unstoppable to live in the life of the dreams. Mm. Now, in order for that to be true, you need to remove everything that would stop that from happening for myself and for other people. So what I do is I make sure the people I hang out with align with my core values. If they don't, if they agitate me whatsoever for no purpose that that's worth the agitation, I don't hang out. I just don't hang out with people. I don't invest my time with anybody that's going to cause me any drama that I don't need. And so I, I'm very particular about that. I choose the people I hang out with and I want to hang out with people that elevate me mm-hmm. and that I can elevate them. And so that's very important because you're, you're hanging around the people that pull you up. You see, there's a thing about vampires. Like the, the, the old thing about vampires was really not about them sucking your blood. It's really about them stealing your spirit, your, your, your good energy. Mm. right because they need you more than you need them and then when you enter in a situation like that the the vampires will suck you dry of your spirit your your emotion your good emotions yeah and then bring you down to their level right and that's what happens so you got to be very conscious of your environment the people you hang out with and um i pay close attention to that and then i also take care of my body like I, i look at all these things okay your health taking care of yourself. Okay. How, how are you going to take care of yourself? Watch what you eat, drink plenty of water and work out. And when I work out, I don't just work out. I go hard. I go to try to destroy it. I don't just go in there and check my phone and I'm in there to pound it for an hour. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then from there, I like business wise, what do I want to accomplish in business? Well, I, I, I commit to it. I visualize it. And then once I have clarity on it, commit full commitment. And then I make consistent actions towards it, no matter how I feel, if it's tough, if it's hard, I don't feel like it. I still do it anyway. My, my commitment and consistency is way greater than what my emotions power is. Like my emotion power like that, that doesn't mean anything. Emotions don't matter. And what happens is over time and you keep doing that over time, you see huge results and you have uh, results that you would never have imagined. Now, the other thing, one more thing I'll add Lance is I wrote a, I read a book called youth squared. And you squared opened me up to the idea that you have to also, it's okay to chip away towards goals and make incremental successes towards things, but you got to also believe and be open to quantum leaps. Mm-hmm. A quantum leap is something that when it happens, you're like, wait a minute, how did this happen to me? Like, how did this good thing happen to me? I didn't even do anything. I didn't even do enough to get this. Why am I blessed with this? Like, what is, that's like a miracle. And if you're not open to those things, you'll never see them. But when you're open to them, they happen all the time. So reading that book changed a lot of things for me. And so those are the things that I look at and go through and uh, just continuously trying to connect with great people that can help me elevate them and, and elevate myself. Beautiful, bro. I love that. There's a question that you ask in your show that I like, and I heard you ask Grant Cardone this, and I know it's one of your questions and I really, I want to, I want to ask you this. What goes through your mind when you are alone? <laughs> yeah, man. Look, you know, I can't believe you just asked me that. 
because I mean, actually, I can believe it because I was just talking about this this morning, the same exact thing. And coming back from an event like I was just at with, at the Fountain Blue, uh, Miami, right? All right. So the reason I asked Grant that is I just wanted to know, like you hear him all the time when he's on the Instagram and you know, he's with his wife, he's talking, well, what do you think about? Like what goes through your head? Like, how do you control your thoughts? What's yeah. the conversation that goes on? And I feel that what he said there, and I remember that answer was that he's always alone. Yeah, it was, I was wild, right? man. The answer was, was wild. Like he went on for a while and it was, it impacted him that question a lot, man. Yeah. So and little do people know that's right when he got called off of the set of Undercover Billionaire because of the COVID. Yeah. And he was just like going through a lot of emotions and things. But I, I want to show you this picture on my phone. There is a picture of the fountain blue out, out by yeah. the pool at nighttime. Yeah. And I had this on my phone for four years. I told my wife when I took that picture, I'm going to do something big at this place. And I kept that vision on my phone and I look at it. Obviously it's on my lock screen all the time. And I just completed speaking being one of two speakers at an event at, at the fountain blue before that. And that's before I even became a speaker podcast or anything. I was a mortgage guy running a mortgage division. And uh, <laughs> so my point in telling you that is after you accomplish something like that, that you set out to do, and I've done many other things that are, that are way bigger than that, but that's just an example. This week coming back, I feel like, um, I got, I got this conversation going on in my head. Like now what? Mm. And, and, and while I go through, it's kind of like purgatory before I find the next thing to go after I'm in this, like this purgatory world where I'm just like, what, what now? And then is that big enough? Like, did you really hit it? Like, what should you set the next thing at? How big should you, and all this stuff is just going through my head constantly. And it's great weather here. It was great weather in Miami, great people around, but here I am thinking about, what am I going to do next? I got to hurry up and figure something out or I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to be complacent. I'm going to be comfortable. I can't do this. I can't let mm -hmm. this happen. And so it's a weird thing, man. So I really relate to what he said because I feel that. And I think that we really need to be conscious of that, but also know that we got to shut it down at some point and be present to the people that are around us. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's what I saw from that. I, I related to that. I can't believe you just asked that. Cause I was just think I was feeling that this week already. And I was talking to one of my coaching clients this morning about it. I'm like, dude, we gotta, you know, we gotta talk to ourselves and have these conversations and we're alone a lot more than we think we are, but watch what we're talking to ourselves with. Watch what we're saying. Yeah. You know, like, um, yeah. And it's I, such I, a, you know, it's such I, a great I, question, man, because yeah. You know, well, the thing too, and why I, I can resonate with that is that, you know, there's a lot of shit and distractions that take us away from actually reflecting on ourselves and our life and feeling into it and meditation and that kind of thing and journaling. And it's a, it's a big part of my life and I can feel when I'm getting off, you know, you can get distracted all day long from actually just thinking about going through the thoughts and reflecting there's so there's there's so many distractions that take us away from that. There's yeah. so many yeah. and it doesn't allow and it's so important to sit and feel that sometimes mm -hmm. to be able to feel the good, the bad, you know, celebrate the wins, like really feel it like, wow, I've done this, you know, and and even to acknowledge the shit that doesn't feel good. And that's why I think this question is so important, because, you know, like what goes what what do people allow 
to go through like without without you know distracting themselves or diversions of, of some sort you know it's like it's so important and most people don't really give themselves that opportunity to really think about that you know the the yeah let things get quiet and be like all right what am i going to do now you know just yeah, like let, let, let things flow through too don't don't yeah. hold on to things you know but uh yeah. You know, I, I think that I'm I'm very conscious and aware that most men and women, but most man in general is not happy unless he has a purpose. Yeah. He has something going on. And and once you accomplish that purpose, then what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? I, I just gotta keep reiterating that um and have that planned out. Because what's next for you? What's next for have, you? Yeah. Uh well, that's what I was just <laughs> contemplating. Um no, I have look, I just wrote that book. Um, I'm trying to get that marketed more rocket fuel. If you haven't gotten it, go get it. Amazon, yeah, yeah. like crock.com. Absolutely. We'll link it all in the, yeah. get it all ready for it. Yeah. The ebook's out and I'm going to be working on the audio soon on that. And then, uh, the other thing is we're getting ready to launch a tech product. This is my first tech product. I'm in the tech space now. It's called blueprinted with OO instead of UE blueprinted. And if you go to blueprinted.com, you'll get a little bit of a, a you know, a preview of it, but also you can put your email address to stay in the loop because we're looking for founders. We're looking for the first 500 founders for blueprinted, which is an app tech product app, you know, it's on the computer and all that, but you can uh, actually create your success map in there and sell it to the marketplace. Mm. So whatever you're successful at, whatever you've achieved success in, if you can reverse engineer it in a project management format, step-by-step, step, like well, step one, do this step two, do that. Um, that's what our system does. It allows you to actually click and drag and build a blueprint in our system to sell to people on a social media platform called Blueprinted in any vertical. Mm. So uh, this is different than a video, video digital video training course, right? People have these digital video training courses and I think they're very ineffective or the people that take them are very ineffective because 83% of them do not get finished. And so you got to figure out like, why is that? Why are video training courses not effective? And part of it's because they don't get completed. People get distracted when they're done. If they do complete it, they're like, what's the next step? Like, what are you trying to tell me here? Like, what do I, yeah. what do I do next? Well, if, if, if I have an intention to achieve something and somebody says, Hey, C-Rock do this, here's the steps, follow these steps in order. I'm even going to tell you when to do them, how to do them. And then you can reach out to me if you have any questions on any of these steps, I'm going to be successful as long as I make, you know, take the action to do it. So that's what I wanted to create with this with my partners. We decided decided to put this together, and uh, that is coming out very shortly. We're looking for people that want to build blueprints in the system and be the first 500 co-founders, and uh, be able to get this out to the world so that people can start becoming successful at any vertical that they want to. That's awesome, man. So thank you. I'm I'm curious as to what your when you're building out your goals and you are, you know, building out your vision, what does that look like? Like, how do you start that? Do you like, what is your process? Do you work backwards? Like, I would love to know, okay. yeah. you know, your process of visualization and how does, how does that, how does that go? How does, how does C-Rock create that for himself? Well, I just, I just think what I want, what, what kind of, what, what would my perfect life be with no limitations? What would it be like? Where would I want to be? You know, and and then what would it take to get there? But not how. Just like you know, if I wanted, if I want to go away this and this amount of times per year, what would it take to do that? 
you know? And then when I do that, I, I just paint this picture very vividly of what life I want to have and what I, what do I want to appear like to people? How do I want people to experience me? Mm. What do I want people to say after they meet me for the first time or they hear me speak? Like what, 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 what do I want them to say? Like, you know, I'm on a podcast. I want people to leave their podcast. If I get interviewed and you go hang this thing up and you're like, dude, that was freaking awesome. I can't believe I just interviewed C-Rock and he just like killed it. And I got to go tell somebody about it. Mm. Like that, that's the stuff that I write down. That's the stuff that I think about. And then, so how am I going to do that? Well, I don't know how, but I'm going to commit to it. And then everything that I do, decisions, actions, words are going to go towards that. Mm. And so that's how I figure it out. I don't need to know the how. I don't need to know all the skills involved or whatever. I just know that I want this and I'm going to figure it out. And then I'm going to be, that what happens is your, your senses, all your perceptics open up to looking for it. Your mm. vision, your, your listening for it. You, 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 everything opens up. And then, so when I'm out and about now, I'm like, if I want to achieve, uh, let me give you an example. Um, uh, let's see. All right. So here's an example. When I wrote the book, Rocket Fuel, when I started writing the book, I'm like, I'm not writing the book just to write a book. This has got to be a bestseller. I, 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 I'm not going to do this just to do this. So I told my team, guys, we're going to make a bestseller here. And everything that we do going forward with this book, all of our meetings, everything's going to be leaning towards that direction, going towards that direction. Everybody understand? If they didn't, they'd have to get off the team. Then the other thing is I said I was going to get Grant to write the forward for the book because he was his big impact in my life. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. I didn't even know if he writes forwards, which he didn't. He doesn't. And uh, But I just said I was going to do it. And I, and I committed. And I wrote it down. wrote it down. And so... When the book was almost done, remember, I committed to this. So as I'm writing a yeah. book, I'm putting pressure on myself because now I got to make this. This book's got to be decent because he's not going to put his name on a book, if, you know. So when I was ready, I made a phone call to Jared Glant, who's a friend of mine at Cardone. Yeah. He's the president there. And I said, hey, man, can I get a quote from you for the book? And he's like, yeah, sure, man. And I said, now, now, by the way, I committed, remember. When I commit to something, it's all burn ships all out. So I'm thinking to myself. <laughs> My talking about being by yourself, my thoughts in my head are going, okay, if I ask him and I'm friends with him, is this going to put pressure on him to make him uncomfortable and put strain on our relationship and, you know, kind of put him on the spot, you know, all these things running through my head and I just blurted it out. Dude, how about Grant? Do you think you'd write the forward for the book? Now, by the way, I bought a lot of their products. I've invested in a lot of their things and I've had a lot of success and shared that with everybody to help them out because I yeah. wanted to be a case study for them. Yeah. And he goes, Mm, yeah, I don't know if he does that, but I need to, if he does, he's not going to just do it for anybody and he won't do it for free. I said, well, dude, just find out. I don't care about all that stuff. Just find out. Go find out. Please ask, ask him. So he came back and he said, yeah, he said, uh, yeah, he'd be willing to do it for you. He said, um, but it's not going to be fair. I said, well, how much, man? He said 75,000. And I'm like, where the hell did that number come from? So I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? So I didn't say anything to him. I was like, Oh man, what the heck? You gotta be kidding me. So then I texted him. I said, you know, I might just be crazy enough to do it. So that's what I texted him. So from there, I'm going through this thought process in my head, talking to myself by myself, right? What would it mean if I did that? Would it be a good story? Nobody would be able to take it away from me. What kind of leverage would I get with it? Exposure, credibility. I know I, the ROI is probably not going to be there directly, but what intrinsic value does that have? So I started asking my wife, talking to her about it. And she's like, it sounds like you made your mind up already. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. So then I felt like I had her permission that she would be good to back and support me, not like permission, like, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I went to my partners and said, hey guys, I'm going to do this with or without you, but I want to know if you want to be involved because if I do this, everything that we do from here on out, 
regards to this book and this stuff, we're going to, we're going to split it. Yeah. And they all said, we got you. We believe in you. Let's roll. So that 75 grand ended up getting split up again. Remember, remember I, I said, I was going to get him to write the book. I didn't know how, or not to write the book, great the forward. I didn't know how I was going to do it. If it, yeah. if he even did it before, but you see how it all figured out as I went. Yes. So they all said, yeah, I texted Jared. I said, yeah, I wired the money to you. We wired it 75 grand before you know it. Uh, I get the forward. It's in written in the book. And I was able to put his name on the top of the book. Dude, that's unreal. It's called called creating your future. It's called imagining something in your brain, which becomes real and then acting upon it, bringing it into the universe and making it happen. Mm. And I've done this, not just with this, but with several things that there's some bigger things that are coming out very soon um, that I've caused and created. And because I had the vision and then the next thing that's coming out has to do with grant and the team and is is something that's going to shake the world so um but once but i'm going to encourage you and your audience this as well like every time i achieve something like that where i see i visualize something and i took action on it and it worked and i'm like well shit i should have went higher like i why did i like i I need to be doing more of this Mm -hmm. i need to create more things and a lot of times we don't want to put this vision on our head and act on it because we're afraid like we're going to fail oh there's no way that's going to happen there's no way I could do that, you know? And I don't think that way anymore. <laughs> Dude, I love that. Would you say that most people get hung up on the how? Like the people that can't create what they want or like what would you say is the biggest factor that stops people from doing that, from having a vision and not achieving it? Is it quitting too early? Is it fear? Is it not? Is it worrying too much about the how? What would you say is the biggest? The first one, the first one is 95% of people do not know what they would want out of life. If they had, they could have anything they wanted. They don't know. They've never taken the time to do that. Just imagine that. So they're waking up every day, living life, really letting life live them going along with the flow, drifting and roaming around. And just think about that. What do you expect? You know? So that's the first thing. Then the people that do, they don't visualize big enough because they just don't, one, maybe understand that it's possible or they don't know what's out there or they don't think they can achieve it or they don't know how, they don't have the resources, the money, the people, the the relationships. You can keep listing all this stuff. It's all bullshit. You just got to write it down, get really clear on it, make it it real, and then watch, sit back and watch the magic happen. No, I don't say it means sit back and don't do anything, but just trust the process. Just watch. And, And if you make it big enough, even if you don't do exactly what it is, you're still coming up with something pretty awesome. Yeah. And so I'm not perfect. Like right now I'm in a, I'm in a phase where I just accomplished that, you know, I spoke at the fountain blue and a speaking gig and I was pretty, pretty legit dude. And, you know, I, I sat and had dinner with two NBA players, two separate nights. I met two billionaires, multi-billionaires. Nice bro. You know? And so I've, I, I've done some fun things like, and, and to me it's fun because I want to interview them. I want to think about, pick their brain. Yeah. But now I'm in a situation where it's like, okay, I got to figure out what's next um, because I saw how big that is. And now, okay, I can go bigger. So I, that, I'm in that limbo right now, that, that purgatory, honestly, I'm being transparent with you. Like I'm literally this weekend, I'm, I'm going to be like sitting down and just knocking it out, dude. I want to be like creating this vision of really wild and crazy things, man. So, oh, dude, I love it, man. I love it. It's inspiring. It's great. It's, it's, it's a great place to be, man. It's, it's well done. I mean, what a good spot to be at. 
you're accomplishing goals and now it's the next thing and celebrate that win though, man. That's a big win. Yeah. Celebrate yeah that. Don't yeah. get too stuck in it, but celebrate that. That's awesome. Well, my celebration to me is like, my celebration is doing it Yeah. to me. That's like, I like, I enjoy it. So that's yeah. my celebration. Right. So that's awesome. Uh, but what other thing though, is that this isn't all about me, by the way. So I started everything that I do based on being an example, trying to exemplify what I'm doing so other people can see it and be inspired by it. Right. And then I want to help people. Like my mission is all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. So that's what this is all about. That's what my mission is. So in order to do that, I got to be the one to show people that you can live the life of your dreams. And then they're going to want to know how, and it's an attraction thing. They'll want to know how and want to be around you. And then you show them and you teach them. And this is how I did it. Mm. Um, by no means am I anywhere that I like need to be yet. You know, but uh, I want to just keep being an example for people. So, well, it's awesome, brother. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing this. This was great. I want to respect your time and make sure that uh, we set up everything for everybody to check you out. So, where's the best place for everybody to learn about you? You got what do you made? What do you made a podcast? Your book is Rocket Fuel. Where else can we send them? Instagram, all the yeah, good stuff. Right, right now, the big deal right now is that I want to uh, promote Blueprinted. So if you go to Blueprinted, that's B-L-O-O printed.com, blueprinted.com, and put your information in there. That, that way we can keep you updated. We're not going to spam you with anything. It's just to keep you updated about the app. This is an industry disruptor in the training consulting space. And I want everybody to have access to it and be, you know, be in the know. So blueprinted.com with two O's. Check it out. And I'm all over the place. You can Google me on, you know, whatever. I'm LinkedIn, Instagram, all that stuff. Awesome, man. Dude, I appreciate you, man. Thanks, Lance. Appreciate you, man. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel and leave us a comment. You got value from this. Also, you guys know this, but we're available on all audio as well. And we really appreciate your support. We want to grow this channel and we love you. We'll catch you next time.